Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus' death. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Surely this was a righteous man. I was um, preparing for this service um, this week and, and a bit last week and you know I, I catch myself um, never really being sure as a Christian whether to be sad and somber on Good Friday. I have the same quandary sometimes when we celebrate Lord's Supper. I never really sure, I'm sure whether to be sad and somber and, and downcast and, and have this sort of like face and look at everyone and say oh you know or to be relieved and happy and celebrate. Sad because the pain and suffering, the shame and abuse that Jesus suffered is hard to imagine, isn't it? And it must have been horrific. Um, and, and also sad and frustrated because of the outrage and pain we feel when we watch someone suffer. You know, when you, when you watch a child suffer or an animal suffer or the elderly or, uh, you know, when, when we see suffering, we, the anguish we feel and, and sometimes the outrage we feel is a testament to that, that feeling when you, when you think about, when you read about what Jesus went through um, to get here. How hard it must have been. I, I couldn't have watched I don't know if you've ever been, you know, sometimes you're on Facebook and they have a, a photo that's, that's covered and you can click to uncover it because the content might be... Is anyone with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? And I can't watch them, you know, because they mess with me and, and they make me really sad or they move me. How hard it would have been. And yet, because I know who Jesus is and I know why he did what he did... And why he went through all that, I can't help but also be relieved and happy. Do you know what I mean? So that you get that, that quandary of that, that feeling. I know what's coming. Does anyone else ever get in that quandary? Anyone else ever think, am I supposed to be really... You know, so when people walk into us, like, on Good Friday? Or, Do you know what? I'm, that's, really? But it's a Good Friday. We call it Good Friday, don't we? We've been looking at Luke for the last few weeks and we did that on purpose because we wanted to, <clears throat> wanted to lead to this point. We've been 
looking at the way of Jesus, the way that he walked to get to here, to get to, to where we are today and, and where we're going to be in a couple of days. We've been watching him, Jesus, and we've been listening to what he said and, and what he taught leading up to the cross. You know, we looked at the road to life. So he talked about the road to life, you know. Whether you, you know, if you try to save your life, you'll lose your life. We talked about the way of humility, how Jesus talked about humility, and, and he contrasted the tax collector with the Pharisee praying in, in public. And last Sunday, Palm Sunday, we, we looked at this king. You know, we, that, and we discovered we, we want the kingdom, we want all of the things that, that are the promise of the kingdom, but we're not really sure we want the king. We, we don't want the king, and that was true then too. And we don't want to allow him to renovate our lives. And Jesus was talking, Jesus was modeling that. You know, in Palm Sunday, they were singing Hosanna. They were celebrating a new king, a new ruler. They were all excited last week. And now they're saying, crucify him. You know, how quickly they changed. So this is where, today, this is where the way led Jesus to the cross. His death. And the thing is, he knew it. He, he knew where the way headed. He was walking it all the time and he knew where it was going because it was all planned. It was detailed in history with his father. It was, it, was a, it was a rescue plan put into action. It was prophesied in Isaiah that, that he would set his face like flint, that, that he would be so resolute. And then in Luke chapter 9, if you've read Luke, when we, we, you know, we've been challenging you to read Luke, if you read back in chapter 9 where it talks about Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, not because there was a concert on there or there was something happening there. He knew what was going on and he was resolute. He knew where the way was leading. And today we see and we're reminded where that way was. This is our God. This is our Saviour. But let's just zero in in these last few moments in, in this reading. I chose this section because I wanted to have a look at what was happening there. And let's notice a few things. And prior to these verses, of course, you know, and it was really good having that, that video right at the start because it gave us a quick summary, a, you know, a high point summary of some of the things that happened leading up to the crucifixion. Jesus is crucified with two criminals just, just before our section of reading. And he's mocked and he's taunted. He's challenged to save himself. You know, if you truly are the Messiah, save yourself, you know. Prophesy who touched you. One of the criminals mocks him too. He's hanging there, but he mocks him anyway. And the other, well, we know what happened to the other one, don't we? And then noon hits. Noon is not dark unless you're in the very north of Norway. Noon is not dark, but darkness descends at noon. Can you imagine the response? Can you imagine people thinking, what? You know, Channel 7 didn't say there was going to be an eclipse. Noon hits, doesn't it? Darkness, this is unusual, and it stays for three hours. And then the curtain in the temple tears into two. And then Jesus gives in to death on his own terms. He releases his spirit to the Father, doesn't he? Now you can imagine there was a good gossip chain there, you know, wherever people were. So people, and everyone knew it was dark. You didn't need a gossip chain for that. You know, you could see that. But they'd heard the temple tore into two. What happened? You know, 
Now this temple curtain, sorry, the temple curtain. Now this temple curtain was the, the, you know, was the divide between being in the holy of holies, the presence of God, where you couldn't go because you know, the, high, high, the high priest went once a year. And even then, the high priest, they, when, when they went in there, you know, the rest of the priests would tie a rope around his ankle. Have you ever heard that story? They tie a rope around his ankle in case he would die in there. They couldn't go in there because then they would die. So if there was no movement after a certain time, it's a bit like a diver, isn't it? They, they'd haul him out. Because of the Holy of Holies, once a year you could go into the presence of God. And now this curtain that separated the average man from God himself gets torn in two. Everyone would have known about it. That would have gone from the temple to the village up to Golgotha. Everyone would have heard what happened. They all heard. The crucifixion and all that happened around it had been watched by many, hadn't it? The parade and, and all the things. But it's interesting, there's one man who saw it all, who was kind of close to the action all the way. And this is the centurion, isn't it? This is the guy that we see in our reading here. So I wanted to know who is a centurion. Anyone ever looked up who a centurion is? A centurion. Well, I'm going to tell you then. A centurion is a captain of a hundred. That was someone who had travelled up the ranks of the army and the armed forces and being made a centurion, being made the captain of a hundred men was a reward for being fiercely loyal, very courageous in battle and very, very willing to serve. A centurion was followed very closely by his hundred. They didn't just go to work at nine and clock off at five. His hundred men and him, they lived together, they acted together, he, he shared with them, they thought like their, their centurion. He was influential in his hundred and he was most certainly a Gentile. And Gentiles despised the Jews, they despised the message of the Jews, they despised everything that the Jews were. This guy, the centurion, he saw it all and here's what he does and here's what he says. Remember that he is also being heard and seen. Everyone can see him. Everyone can hear him. People are watching him. This is a centurion. This is someone with a reputation. The first thing he does is he praised God. Did you read that? Centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God. Other versions say that he worshipped God. Another version says that he glorified God. That in itself is astounding. And bold. Remember again, he most probably would have been seen and heard. So, and he's a Gentile. And here he is having an immediate conversion experience. He starts praising and worshipping God. Everyone watching, at least most of all, he's hundred. Are probably thinking, what? Huh? Then he makes this astounding confession that we read, doesn't he? He says, surely this was a righteous man. Again, in other versions, and you would have seen it in the video, and the original text leans to, surely this was the Son of God. And other accounts say that too. And note, the Son of God. That's really important. And it's important to note that because that was the language of the Jews. The Jews called him the Son of God. And sons of God were not uncommon there. In fact, Caesar's, Caesar then and Caesar's all around, they called themselves and they were recognized as sons of God. Caesar would call himself a son of God. And they would, they would declare themselves a son of God and they were recognized as sons of God and seen as a son of God. 
And the centurion would have known this, so the the is no mistake. Centurion says this was this is the Son of God. This isn't just Caesar. This isn't just some mighty warrior. This is the Son of God. And in our text, he calls him righteous. And I think it probably flashed in his mind righteous in, in two ways, right? Now, clearly, the centurion thinks this guy was not guilty of the crime we've hung him up for. So in a civil way, this guy was righteous. This guy didn't do the wrong thing. He did not deserve this punishment. But he also realizes that the many messages and actions of this man Jesus... And they were well known. He would have known about them. Even though they despised them, they would have known about them. And he realizes these, these things that they'd seen and heard of this man Jesus were actually true. This was truly a righteous man. He was indeed a righteous man. He was the Son of God. And then, interestingly, we see the crowd begin to beat their chest, don't we? What have we done? You can imagine them thinking, what have we done? Some versions have it happen simultaneously with, with the centurion and Luke just has it, records it following. But isn't it interesting, like I said, one week ago, Hosanna, this is our king, yesterday, crucify him, today, what have we done? Isn't that interesting? This was God and we just crucified him. Surely this is the son of God. Well, of course, the message of Good Friday isn't just for them. It's recorded because it's for us, isn't it? What about you? In Matthew 16, Jesus says to his disciples, Who do you say I am? And I was wondering this week, what if Jesus asked me, Who do you say I am? Who am I? Can we be changing too in a week, in a day, in 24 hours? Can we change the way we see Jesus? What if he asked you today? What if he asked us today? Who do you say Jesus is? Is he the Son of God? Today was his death, and what we think about, was that for you? Do you actually own it? That you needed it? That it was for you? That the Son of God walked the way of the cross for you? For Jesus, the way led him to this, death. And he knew why. But his death would lead to life eternal. And just to, you know, spoiler alert for Sunday, his death would lead to life eternal. And that was for, that was for Jesus with his father. His death would lead to, he'd be raised to life and, and to be again with his father, which was a deep yearning that he had. He'd been separated from his father. And the pain of that was expressed when he, when he, when he declared on the cross that separation, why have you abandoned me? And so that coming to life, the, the way would lead to death, but it would lead to life eternal for Jesus back with his Father. But importantly for us as well, it was a carefully planned rescue mission set in motion centuries ago, eons ago with the Father. And as we look at the way Jesus chose, we're left with a choice, aren't we? You're, you and me, we're left with a choice this morning. Do we follow our way self-rule sin um, not really wanting to be subject to God not really wanting allow wanting to allow God to influence our way our dreams 
our passions, our life, our character, our personality and, and who we are? Do we follow our way? Because that way leads to death too. But it's permanent and without Christ. Or do you, do we follow the way of Christ with him? Which also leads to death. But it's the death of our sinful selves. It's the death of our own will. It's the death of our own tendency to, to, to self-destruct and do things that, don't really, that aren't really good for us. And then to be raised with Christ to life, with Jesus and with the Father eternally. Can we say with Jesus, and he, he said in chapter 22, not my will but yours. Can you say that? Can I say that? Will we choose that way or our way? Will we walk the way with Jesus or will we go our way? Not my will but yours be done. You know, Paul said in Romans 6, he, he talks about he, 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 that, that whole, and, and Paul does these long statements, but he says we died with Christ. He's talking about our old self died with Christ. Our, our tendency to self-destruct, our, our stubbornness died with Christ. When we walk the way of Jesus, when we walk his way with him, our old self died. But he goes on, doesn't he? He goes on in verse 11 and he says, Count yourselves dead to sin, but... Alive to God in Christ Jesus. Is that us? Do we recognize that the call is for us to walk that same way, to die with Jesus? That when he took care of sin, that our sin... You know, and this morning in our prayer time, who was it? I think um, Joel Arnold was talking about the, the children's Bible creates such a great picture of that. You know, this whole image of all of our sin being poured into Jesus. <clears throat> And that he would carry it all. Was that for you? Is that us? See, Jesus' way led him to a death. A death that would ultimately free us from eternal death. From the consequences of our sin. Our freedom could only be achieved one way. It was going to take the Son of God. That's the only way. The only way our freedom was, would be achieved was one way. It was going to have to take the Son of God to do it. And he did. So yes, it hurts to see the pain he suffered, the abuse, the dark reality of death. But it was for our sake. We are the beneficiaries. We can have joy with Jesus. So yes, we can be sad on Good Friday. And yes, we can think, oh, that would have been horrible. But we can also have joy on Good Friday because of what he did for us. Joy with Jesus. You know, and I, I thought about that. And the word says that, that Jesus walked the way. And the word uses these words, for the joy set before him. Have you ever read those words? You know, that Jesus, um, in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about, you know, that he... he Walk the way for the joy set before he walked the way of suffering and pain for the joy set before him. And that joy was the knowledge and the ex and the knowledge of the future experience of being in eternity with us and with his father. That there was going to be unity, that his father and him would be one, and that it would be with us. That that filled his heart with joy, and that joy overwhelmed the fear and the sense of. <clears throat> 
foreboding and you know, human pain that he suffered being fully human. So Jesus had joy when he thought about the cross because he knew where he was going. So we can have joy when we remember the cross. And Jesus did that for us. The joy set before him. He imagined what was coming. Just imagine you're going on a, a fantastic holiday, one of the things you've been looking, for for the, the long, looking forward to for the longest time. And you head to it because you think of the joy. That's just a snippet of the joy that Jesus felt when he walked the way to the cross. Isn't that amazing? That just amazes me that he would think that about me, that he would walk with joy to something as horrific as that because that meant that he was going to be with me and that I was going to be with him, that he was going to be with you, that you were going to be with him. That's the joy of the cross, the joy of Good Friday. It would take, how privileged we are, it would take the Son of God to set you free. And he did it. Nothing less. He didn't send an ambassador. God sent the Son, his own Son, to set you free. What a privilege. And that's why this is so important. That's why when we talk about Lord's Supper, we talk about celebrating Lord's Supper, don't we? We don't talk about getting back and putting our lemons in our mouth so we look all sad again when we come to Lord's Supper. We talk about celebrating. Jesus said, remember and believe. He said to his disciples, remember. Every time you do this, remember what I did for you, that you would be reminded Believe that it was for you. So who do you say Jesus is? Who do you and what do you confess about Jesus? You see, if Good Friday was for you, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your freedom, for your salvation, then this is for you. We celebrate this as a family to remember and believe. We celebrate this as a community to remember and believe. We're going to celebrate Lord's Supper, but before we do that, I just want to take 30 seconds, just in quiet, I want you just to reflect on Good Friday, that it was a good day, a good day for you. I want you to think about yourself. I want you to personalize it and think, Jesus, this is what you did for me. And, and, and boy, I can't imagine having to work away all my sin and to, to sort it all out. And you did it like that. I want you to take 30 seconds to reflect and then we're going to celebrate Lord's Supper together. <clears throat>